0: You are listening to REACH MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. The green light laser vaporization technique for benign prostatic hypertrophy has been available for five years and is showing very encouraging, promising results. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery at Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Peter Mensch a urologist and founder of Delaware Urologic Associates, which specializes in treatment of urologic problems with the least invasive, state-of-the-art procedures. Welcome, Dr. Mensch. Hi. Today we are discussing benign prostatic hypertrophy and the green light laser vaporization technique. Dr. Mensch, you had mentioned before that this procedure has been used now for five years and you have personally been dealing with larger and larger prostate glands. Do you ever treat this in stages or do you tackle the whole thing at once?
1: I would tackle the whole thing at once. So the longest that I've ever done a green light laser was about three hours and 15 minutes. But like you would never trim a prostate for three hours and 15 minutes because they would absorb so much water they would get hyponatremic, and also they'd be bleeding the whole time. But with the laser, there is no water intoxication, and they don't bleed. So you actually can sit there. So there are people that come in with just extremely huge prostates, and I'll do them to completion. The funny thing is there were a couple people that had 100-gram prostates and normal 30, again, just to give you a reference point. And I vaporized them, and they immediately got better. One guy in particular, I vaporized him. He immediately got better. And at two weeks, he started to get burning and inflammation. And I gave him anti-inflammatories and I gave him a Medrol dose pack, and he didn't get better. And I finally, at a month, Took him back and did another cystoscopy and found that the passage, that the tissue had re-expanded and filled the complete hollow that I left him with. So I never left anybody without them being hollow. I never left a job half done, you know. And here was this guy, and it was just four weeks later, and it looked like I hadn't ever been there. And I was wondering, like, how could this possibly be? And I came across this idea, which is that the prostate grows and grows and grows and grows, and there's only so much space under the hood. And down there, behind the pelvic bone, there's not a lot of room. And I think for some of the guys, if they have a high growth rate, they're going to reach their maximum volume, and from then on, they're going to become denser, and they're just going to pack it in, almost like a trash masher. 300-gram prostate in 100-gram space. And those will be the guys who have a chance of re-expanding. It's like you have one of those sponge animals when you're little, and you put them in a cold capsule, and you drop them in water, and the cold capsule dissolves, and the sponge absorbs, and there's this big sponge giraffe there, you know. Well that's kind of how the prostate is is it's packed into this capsule, and somebody like me comes along and vaporizes eighty grams out of a hundred gram prostate and gives that twenty grams, which really might be another eighty grams It's just compressed it's been compressed over years and years and years, and over the it won't expand that day, but it'll expand gradually over time, and you'll see that in the biggest of the big so The interesting thing is the most I ever had to go back was twice. So I've never seen anybody that needed a third green light laser. But you're talking about volumes here that are probably like 160 grams, and that would be eight terps with two-day hospital stays each, at least scar tissue bladder neck contractures, impotence, retrograde ejaculation, bleeding. And now you're talking about one, possibly two procedures that's an outpatient, no bleeding, no scar tissue, no impotence, maybe some retrograde ejaculation.
0: In discussing this green light laser vaporization technique, with the exclusion of cancer, is there ever a role for open prostatectomy anymore?
1: No. I don't think so. So the reason that I stayed there three and a half hours with that that patient was he really, somebody else would have done an open prostatectomy, and I didn't think he'd want the recovery of the incision. So I don't think that there is at all. I don't think there's really much indication to do an actual TURP either, except when somebody's post brachytherapy therapy and they're still having obstructive symptoms.
0: If you have just joined us, you are listening to REACH MD XM two thirty three, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. Peter Mensch, a urologist and founder of the Delaware Urologic Associates, which specializes in treatment of urologic problems with the least invasive, state-of-the-art procedures. Dr. Mensch, we were speaking about the green light laser vaporization technique and that it has only been used for five years. Is there any concern that the long-term follow-up results will not be as encouraging as they are at this point?
1: No, I think five years is plenty to show. I think at five years, you can clearly see the side effects of TURP. You'll usually see that earlier than that. And so the fact that these people are out five years, have not had scar tissue, had so much tissue vaporized that they couldn't possibly regrow.
0: You have not had a situation where you have had a recurrence?
1: I didn't have a recurrence. What I noticed early on was with I was taking on bigger and bigger prostates and that there was that phenomenon of re-expansion where the prostate was so big that it was compressed. Now, You can't in those cases where it's compressed, you almost have to give it time to re expand. It's not going to re expand while you're there the first time. So as you as more and more people come forward to get treated, you're gonna have some that are the biggest of the big. The promising thing is that even for the biggest of the big, their path is really not that severe. It's not that difficult to tolerate. If you have to get two vaporizations that's fine, you know that guy is severely obstructed, and he'll be severely unobstructed when he's done. so the interesting thing was that you have to think outside the box, you know you could not think, why is this happening before? because, say you took that hundred and sixty gram guy, okay, and trimmed twenty grams out you were you were never going to reach the point where he had a chance to expand. He was never going to get to that point. So this is uncovering all new things. You know, the PSA for prostate cancer can also go up when the patient has a prostate infection. A lot of patients have silent prostate infections, and the percentage of patients that actually have silent infections compared to those that actually have fever, chills, and burning is tremendous. Very, very, very much more patients have silent infections, and the only thing it does is bump up their PSA, okay? They don't even know they have it. And this is that kind of -of out-of-the-box thinking where all of a sudden you have a new technology, a PSA, and because of the PSAs, you get biopsies, and you find inflammation and no cancer. These guys have infections. We never knew that before. There's such a thing as silent infections. And so here it is that this technology turns everything on its ear. What you previously knew to be true was not true, just the same as using the electricity and thinking that it was because you messed with the prostate that the patient became impotent or got a bladder neck contracture.
0: Is this technique ever used at all for carcinoma of the prostate?
1: I have a gentleman who has a very high PSA, so it's like 260, and again, normal's 4. And he presented with urinary retention, and he's at least got stage D disease, if not with a positive bone scan, at least with microscopic spread somewhere. You can't have a PSA of 260 and have disease confined to the prostate. So I'm treating him hormonally, and over time his prostate would shrink, but he doesn't want to have a catheter for months. So I did a laser vaporization of his prostate and vaporized lots of tissue, and he didn't bleed, and he was voiding immediately.
0: Well, with the exclusion of this extent of metastatic disease, Can you treat any cancers, low-grade and small and confined, with the laser?
1: It's not used as a treatment for cancer. And, you know, you could never identify the parts of the prostate that specifically needed to get treated. And also, the prostate cancer can extend to the capsule, and you want to stop vaporizing before you get out to the capsule. If you look at the success rate, for brachytherapy, for seeds, for prostate cancer, a recent study, 1,700 patients. And the patients were divided into low, intermediate, and high-risk groups. And what risk meant there was risk of failure. So for a high-risk patient, he was a Gleason score of 8.0. Or above, and a PSA greater than 10. And low risk was a Gleason score of 6 and a PSA less than 10. And intermediate was between those two. But basically, the numbers for disease free survival at three years, and I know it's just three years, but the numbers were really good and they were really different from surgery. And the numbers were if you were low risk, it was 95% survival at three years, disease free survival, your PSA is zero okay, after seeds. The interesting thing is for intermediate risk, which is significantly more ominous, okay, at three years, it was 89% for that group. And for high-risk disease, which is much more ominous, okay, the three-year disease-free survival was 88%. And if you had surgery, remove the prostate, the robotic prostatectomy or radical prostatectomy for the high-risk group disease-free survival at three years was 46 percent so it's double the survival is double for using seeds for the worst case scenario
0: i want to thank dr peter mensch who has been our guest we have been discussing benign prostatic hypertrophy and the green light laser vaporization technique I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.